Ladies and gentlemen, the Chris Roach Show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Episode 12 of the Chris Roach Show. Mike Nicolia in the studio. Uh, John Ziegler has a, a family event today. So we gave him the day off, but I'm very excited to announce our guest today. Our guest, uh, one of uh, one of my good friends, one of my big brothers in comedy. You may have seen him on Nurse Jackie. You may have seen him on many episodes of Top Gear, many episodes of Rescue Me. Ladies and gentlemen, the handsome and very funny Adam Ferrara. What's up, Adam? Uh, how are you, my friend? Good to see you. Thank good you. So, what, what a nice intro, too. Thank you. Thank you. Not to mention a Comedy Central special. Just enough credits to make other comics hate you. <laughs> well, thank you. I can see the hatred in Michael's eye. Hi, who's this guy we're bringing on? Mike Nicolia is a uh, a newer comic. Mike, how long have you been doing it? Uh, three years. I met Adam uh, a couple months in, and I was like, hi, nice to meet you, Mr. Ferrer. He's like, cool, kid. See you later. Right. <laughs> my, my meeting with Adam is very special. It was in the green room of Governors, and my first episode as a mental patient on One Life to Live was about to air, and I got to watch it with him. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if you remember I, that. Um, I remember it. I, I looked at it and went, well, that was great. This was typecasting, right? And you Totally. Said, I, I I went in. I, I began to read. They were like, no, nah, you, you got it. Yeah. Ty. I'm like, but I prepared. Like, no, 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 you got it. Yeah. So, so um, Adam, a, a fellow Long Island comedian, and uh, you'll see him in a couple of movies, Mall Cop. Whatnot. Hey Adam, this I was looking at your resume, which is as long as my arm, and I, mm. I'm quite I have quite the reach. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a wingspan like a condor. And uh I so uh the rescue me was at a different show before that. Was it called The Job or was it are they connected no, the somehow? Job was, the job was a cop show we did with uh it was the same well, it was the same creative team. It was Dennis Leary, Peter Tolan, uh Jim Serpico. Tom Soletti, and then they went uh, did rescue me after the job was canceled, and um, a lot of us came back. Like Diane Farr came back, I came back, um, Lenny Clark, um, and uh, it was funny because I got to tell all those stories because Peter Tolan, uh, who created you know Larry Sanders, Rescue Me, wrote the movie American Sweetheart, analyzed this. I mean, brilliant writer. He did the uh, Mad About You reboot. Um, he was on my podcast, so we were telling stories of stuff that I had forgotten, and then I and then I called Lenny. So that's just like with Lenny Clark on a pod, you don't even need a microphone. You hear him screaming from Boston. So he's, he's, I never worked with him. He's amazing. Oh God, is he funny? Yeah. He <laughs> came to my father's, my father's wake wearing red pants. We were <laughs> such yeah. a comic, such we're a comic, just a bunch of, we're out of East end of Long Island. Every, 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 look, my father had a big reach too. He had like every, you know, construction worker. So it was all constructions. It was suppliers. It was guys that sell lumber. It was a, uh, every cop and then criminals, you know, whoever could make it there. And a lot of people all showed up. So wow. I'm sitting there, I'm standing next to my mother sitting in the chair. She's crying. I'm standing. Uh, people are coming over. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Shaking my hands. Pat. Right. It, it, it looks like a casting call from Goodfellas. All these gindaloons are all over the place. Right. <laughs> and all of a sudden from outside, I hear, where's Adam? Adam, where are you? It was Lenny screaming. <laughs> I'm here to pay my respects. He walks in. He's wearing red pants. Everyone turns around. Lenny, my mother got up, big smile on her oh. face, went over, big hug, make her feel good. So, yeah. You know, you know one thing I, I remember standing in the back of Governors, watching you. You have a whole chunk on your dad, mm -hmm. and and just watching the audience laugh and cry the way you talk about your dad is really something to see. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, well, that's where I work everything out on stage. So, Michael, three years in, have you figured out what you want to talk about yet, or? 
Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, a lot about my family and it's been a lot about dating. I'm trying to graduate from that though and, and get away from the low hanging fruit a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do yeah, you find, Michael, let me ask you something. Three years in, do you find yourself getting any kind of clarity into your life from your art? Yeah, I would say so. I, just just having more organized thoughts, honestly. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it distills. From what, from what I learned um, is it distills your feelings and it, it, it makes you find out what you're really talking about. Right. right. Yeah, I agree. Because the audience really doesn't care about your bullshit. They care about make me laugh. What's the point? Move on. What's the next thing? So Yeah, yeah. and your perspective. Yeah, it gives me an economy uh, or an efficiency of thought and communication. So that, that's the one. That's why I, I'm a confessional comic. So you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, 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 a social critic. So those are the things that appeal to me is like, you know, something will happen to me or I have to tell something or I want to get something out emotionally. And, and that's what I found. So I was, I'm, I'm glad that you're experiencing the same thing because that was it was a great tool. For me, um, when I discovered that young uh, around around the same time you're doing it, and then and, and, and as Chris can tell you, it, it's all fucking downhill from here. So. It's right, and just maturing as a person too, because I started when I was fresh out of college, and I didn't really have much to say when I was fresh out of college. Now, you know, I'm 27. I'm, I'm you know maturing as a person also, so that helps too. That's good. You know, Hendrix was dead at 27. I'm not saying it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I know. The 27 Club. That blows <laughs> my mind how much those people created at 27. And oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Kurt Cobain, too. And Janet I can't finish Coughlin. a screenplay. Morrison. Yeah. Man. You know, I heard one time, Adam, that somebody told me, I feel fortunate to have grown up as a comedian on Long Island because I felt like uh, Long Island comedians and Boston comedians, just some of the best. And I was uh, shown right from wrong. And one thing that was told to me is that it takes you 10 years to find your voice on stage. At least that's what I was told. And I found that to be pretty close to, to be true. A lot of times, I think when I first started, I was a little charactery. Mm. And there was a while I was into Brian Regan. So I felt like I was acting like him a little bit mm. um, until I said, you know what? Just bring this jerk up there. Just bring yeah. this guy, you know? Yeah, and but you know, Chris, you don't know who that guy is. I mean, he comes out in the structure of what you've seen before. I was doing Richard Pryor bits on the bus. Right. You know, I didn't know what the hell I was saying. They didn't know what they were listening to. But, hey, I made it home again. I didn't get beat up. So there you go. Yeah. For us, laughter, um, I mean, even in junior high elementary school, it's like if I made someone laugh, I had a feeling like, oh, God, they like me. It was yeah. Just, uh, and I fit in and I can contribute. And this is what I can do. And yeah. like, oh, wow, look what I can do. We're with circus clowns. But uh, I wouldn't do anything else. I got to tell you, it's, it's an up and down. Yeah, you're not qualified to do anything. Else. I know. Well, absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> I should not be. Uh, there are certain things that, that I legally I cannot do. Um, but Adam, Adam's one. You're one of my guys. I would say that, especially in the last like four years, that uh, you're one of my talk me off the roof guys. <laughs> well, we all got to look out for each other. Yeah, you really do. You and 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 Joe Stars talked me off the roof a couple of times. Chris Monty. It's good to have those guys in the business to you know reel you back in. Uh, when things yeah, maybe aren't going the way they should we know be. What the, we know when, when the mind gets away from you, you know, like when you like, yeah, I don't know how, how much road you've done, Michael, but you can get road burn real easy. You stay out too long. You can get road burn real easy. I was just scratching the surface of the road and, and it's easy. The talking off the roof is, is like that. And actually Roach is one of those guys. And so is Ziegler of just, especially with what happened in the past year, it's easy to call it quits at oh. this point. Oh, 
because yeah. well, mo- all the momentum was just lost. But you know, it's uh, it's also your mind getting away from you. And one thing I found out, and I I didn't realize it was happening, but the machine that 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 I think we all possess when you're riffing with an audience and when you're riffing with a crowd, you can take a you can take a piece of information, just weave a story around it, and just work the crowd. And you know, when the audience is there, it's like it's for me. It's I'm not thinking. You know, that's the best presence that ever has i'm not thinking it just comes through you you know and usually comes out with an improv and we know it but that mechanism can also grab onto a negative thought and take you to a dark place i roll how to control yeah i didn't know how to control it when i first started and then when when that first happened to me i remember i was on the road uh and i was in wisconsin i think appleton wisconsin i was a kid and it just that thing grabbed onto a thought and it just kept going and i couldn't stop it and i was like oh this ain't good now, Adam, that's where a lot of comics will turn to uh, drugs and stuff sure. and, the, and the booze. Yeah. And you turned that okay? Well, you know, I because I have enough. That's right. I, 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 I was talking, to, I'll never forget the story that John Mulrooney, when he was, had that show where he was uh, hosting a, a comedy show on TV. I forgot what it was called. Comic Strip Live. Yeah. I think and he said he had a moment where he was in a hotel room he had a per diem every day. He was on TV. He was getting recognized. And he ordered a robe and a steak up to his room. He said he had a corner suite. He's overlooking the, the city. And he goes, that's when I he realized, he goes, this is it. Everything, you know, when they always say, you always in your head, you have an idea of what making it is. Mm-hmm. And he goes, then he realized that he made it, so to speak. And it was like, he was the same person. He was the same yeah. person. There wasn't like music, flowers, like this feeling of... Uh, this this feeling uh, like like uh, I don't know how to put it like you know like this this missing piece you've been looking for mm. you realize it was just he's the same guy he was yesterday yeah it's a, it's all bullshit there's no there's no salvation in the future there's no great cleanse <laughs> that comes with fame there's just what what it, for me it was like okay my mind goes to the future because I'm not happy with where I am because I don't want to be here because I think the future holds some kind of some kind of prize for me and it, it doesn't it just doesn't it doesn't and 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 then you look back and you look back with regret so either way you're fucked you might as well make the best you I can at the moment you have right now if you can stay present in it that's it's 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 easier said than done but it's so true man life is like a circle and i actually did want to say this but there was a comedy teacher roach you might know who i'm talking about um that basically said you could tell any type of joke but the the key is 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 how you tell it in order to make it charming. Like you could do a, a rough topic. It was, it was Trucin, uh basically yeah. saying you, you could do whatever topic you want to do as long as you can uh, have the charm to introduce it the right way. And he used one of Adam's bits. Uh, oh, wow. I think it was cancer or chemo uh, as an example. So it's just funny how life's wow. like a circle. Three years later, I'm doing a podcast with Adam. There's comedy in, in like the darkest places. And, you know, I think you got to be a real pro to find it. And to be able to talk about it, uh, I think I I I think I think that bit was from my my third special. But thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah, he played it on the big screens during a uh, class at Governor's uh, Levittown, and he would pause and he would go, "See what he did right there." So it's 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 cool. It's cool uh-huh. to go, come full circle. Well, that, that's nice. I and by the way, I have made a fucking dime off of that. So <laughs> I no, think of that. that that bit for me that when we're talking about michael we're talking about getting stuff out and knowing what it was and saying it the right way yeah that bit took a lot of it it, 
I'm trying to find the right words. It was a, it, it was, I, I learned a great deal after I got it the right way, you know, right. I realized how much emotion I needed to put in it, how much was appropriate, how much was still left in me and how much to show everybody rather than just letting, I had to get, I had to get past my own pain to make it art. Does that make any sense? Was there like a specific barrier in, in workshopping that joke or writing that joke? Like, uh, was there one night where it's like, Oh wait, if I just swing it this way, I yeah. can say it this way. Is, so I'll let you take the, 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 the table. The, on that. the biggest thing was because the emotional switches that are in it, you can't leave people in there too long. It's it's a little bit is a lot. It's it's like chocolate mousse, just a touch. So the emotional part of my dad um, in that boat, st staying in that emotion and bringing the audience down, there was I was pleased to find the the um, internal timing of the audience's uh, uh, emotional uh, fuse. You know, so I got them to where I got to get them. And then right before they're like, what the, boom, you know, I'm out of it. Boom. And yeah. then I, there was enough, enough tension to build up for the release to go into an applause break. And that's how I ended up beating one of my specials. But yeah, but there was a lot of, when I mentioned before, clarity that came out, came out of it because there was a lot of pain I had to get out of the way in order to perform it. You know, every, uh, uh, right. in acting, sometimes you got to draw on your emotions, but you can't draw on all of it. You know, <laughs> you, can, you yeah. still got to say just enough to make, to, to be real in those imaginary circumstances and just enough of that emotion to get someone else to feel it, to build tension, to then release it. So you can't stay in it too long. You can't give them too much, you know, it's a, and it's a, a, a non-spoken communication and, and internal timing thing that I was, I was very grateful. I, I could discover. Uh, Mick Thomas and I and, uh, years ago were sitting in the back of governors watching you and, you know, as a new comic, you always want to like get applause breaks and, you want to leave them with a big laugh and stuff like that. And there was one night that I think you just left them with sincerity. You said something sincere and you said, good night. And it was like a standing. Oh, just from that, rather than be like, Doo -doo -doo boom. And the big laugh, you said something yeah, from I, your heart that probably just came to your head at that moment and yeah. said, good. it was like, wow. Yeah. That's the one thing. And especially in that environment at governors, you know, I, I assume it's home for you guys as well. So you could, that's always, and, and, to work out stuff there is a, a safer environment for me um, because I, and I think it's, there, there, there's, it's not a crutch, but there's just, there's something that if it all goes down, you could always pull something out and get out of it and get the laugh and get out of it. Right. But I, I, I'm comfortable enough not to uh, in, in that room to be able to pull something like that off. So thank you for noticing that. that that's yeah. Now there's some rooms that just feel like, I don't know, just, it feels good. And that's like, that's a, that's a room. That's like, it's, it's like my living room. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. sometimes I always say I try to get that feeling like, say, if I'm in Seattle, I'm mm -hmm. like, I look at the stage. I'm like, oh, that's my living room. And I'm yeah. walking into my living room. It's all like a mental thing for me. Yeah, me too. You know, actually, I was writing. Um, I, I wrote this 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 show. I was it was going to be a special, but then it ended up like I didn't get a chance to record it because I got fortunately got a TV gig. So I, you know, I didn't, I, it never came out, but I was working on it and it was getting out. It was I was coming out of a bad breakup. Uh, and I, you know, Michael, like anything else, we put <laughs> our life as our fodder for, for standup. Right. And I remember I was at Nick's club in Cleveland, hilarities in Cleveland, and I was running the show and it was very, uh, there was one beat in the show where I'm like 10 minutes in and I'm getting laughs and I have them and I know I have them. And the line was, um, so she left, don't worry, I'm going to tell you all about it. And I reach behind <laughs> the curtain, I pull out a bottle of wine and I put it on the table. 
and they laugh because that was the you know that was the opening of here's the here's where we're going now right so i was running the show and that beat was working so i was felt comfortable enough in the first 10 minutes in the setup for where i wanted to take them that uh, on a sunday night i went up in just a pair of socks because i may believe i was in my living room so i didn't want shoes <laughs> i just had a pair of socks i just wanted to see what it felt like to be that and yeah to be that comfortable to be that comfortable just go up. i went up without shoes um and i, I never acknowledged it i just did the whole set that way never said a word about it just to see how it felt experientially cut to two years ago i'm doing a podcast and there was some the guy running the studio said i'm from cleveland i people in cleveland told the story about you doing a show in your socks and i'm like i really didn't realize anyone fucking watched it but yeah so yeah but that but getting back to feeling comfortable and just pushing the boundaries and stuff and marilyn manson in his book he said they would they would do all kinds of stuff to see how they could get a new sound they would sleep they would deprive themselves of sleep for three days i'm sure amphetamines were involved but sure. what was, just just to get a new sound just to stay up and what is it like if we're sleep deprived and we record this you know oh and, you know it's you, you, i'm thinking of something when you tell me the socks like you could be known as, hey, the guy who walks on stage in socks. They got that Bert, the guy Bert Kreischer started ripping his shirt off. He's a very funny guy. Yeah, yeah. But, pe but people know him from be having his shirt off. Yeah. And um, one time I was lucky enough to work with Dice. And after the show, mm -hmm. the character went away and he talked to me. Like, what's his real name again? I Andrew. Andrew. What is it? Andrew. Andrew. I met Andrew. Mm -hmm. And I'll never, forget what he, I'll never forget what he said. He goes, you need to find a hook. And mm. I agree with that, but I feel like it's got to happen organically. Like, you know, like you, you see guys like a, a Vic DiBetetto who's doing really well. He's got that little hook going. But what do you what do you feel about that? Do you, do you feel like you need a hook or? or do you want, it, I, again, I, I agree with whatever comes out organically, but just because you're popular doesn't mean you're good. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I... Mm -hmm. I wanted to be good, you know, right. I, I wanted to be, oh, I take it back. Good is subjective. I wanted to, I wanted to do the best I could in those circumstances. And, you know, fashionable is one thing, a good artist is something else, you know? So it depends what you want. I just, my first set I ever did was in front of all family and friends. And I, I of course I blew the roof off the place because they all know me. Mm -hmm. Right. Then, like three days later, I went to a uh, open mic at McGuire's and ate my ass. <laughs> and I said to myself, "I want to make strangers laugh as hard as I made my family." And that was my goal. I never, I ne once I once I started stand up, I never looked back. And I'm still trying to do that, by the way. But uh, I uh, no, <laughs> I love. I mean, when you ever have somebody come up to you after a show crying and telling you how much they needed to laugh like that, it's just yeah. Wow. I thanking us. Remember, Chris, remember the Soul Joel's gig we did? Yes. Me, me, me and Chris go down to Soul Joel's. It's a tent by the railroad tracks, not yeah, a place yeah. Italians think they're coming back from. <laughs> <laughs> We're outside. It's friggin' freezing. Chris goes up, kills. I go up after my nose is running. This we're outside. This car alarm's going off. Now I got to improv with the car alarms going on for five minutes to Lowe's end. But we did the show and they were so appreciative. They showed up with their own booze, their own chairs, their own winter yes. coats. And we yes. did we did two shows. We saw the first one, did the second one. Second and we, show. And people could not thank us enough for coming. Same thing. Last night, DL Hughley was on that stage. Mm. And I did another gig for Soul Joel. It was at a farm. Mm. And 
I get there. The show's supposed to start at seven. It's six thirty. There's like fifty people there, and it's one of those moments in comedy where I'm like, "Oh my god, what am I? What am I going to do with myself here? I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get on another TV show. I gotta." I gotta I, 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 and yeah. I'm telling you, within 15 minutes, another 150 people showed up, and it was such an incredible show. It was, I, man, man, did I need that show? And I told him at the end, Adam, instead mm. of ending on a big laugh, I said, I told him all the health problems I've been having in a few weeks with the ambulance <laughs> ride. I said I needed this probably more than you people, and I want to thank you so much. And Good. what a Good. response! Listen, I'm first of all. I'm glad you got what you needed, too. I'm glad you're healthy. And three, let's tell Michael, look, don't go on the Fred Flintstone diet like Roach did. Don't look at me. I was telling the him keto last flu. Yeah, you just, you can't, you can't, you, just eat, you can't eat ribs all day and not expect no. the organ to fall out. All right. It's going to so, catch up to you. Yeah. You know what I found out? That it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just the keto flu I was in. Um, when I was doing a podcast, like two or three podcasts ago, you remember, Mike, I said, can we record later in the day? because I'm less nasally. And yes, so I started using uh, Flonase religiously for for 10 days. Then I found out there's a connection between that and your heart going nuts. Oh, God, you can't use that shit every day. I know now. Yeah, no, no. But man, that was freaking scary. But listen, I also believe in that saying things don't happen to you. They happen for you. And this was a wake up call that I needed to stay here a little longer, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I got the vaccine, so I'm on clot watch. God knows. Ooh, that's right. I meant to ask you about that. I, you I got asked... Johnson and Johnson? Yeah, I got it two days before they went, hey, there might be a problem. Okay. Listen, I, I know you're going to tell us a story, but I highly recommend people going to listen to your podcast, the Adam Ferrara podcast, to listen to that. What episode was that? Oh, that was, um, it was Ronnie Chang from The Daily Show. Oh, I was in tears. I was <laughs> oh, in tears. That, that was, that actually made me laugh. It was, Michael, I got the, my friend Phil who's on the was on the podcast with me. Um, we he was very nervous about the side effect. He's a hypochondriac. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all got problems. He's got that. So he he's he's forbidden to go on WebMD because I can't handle it anymore. Because I'll I get calls like two. He's a comic, so he's up all night. I'm up all night. The phone rings two o'clock in the morning. Hello, my stool is black and my left eye is twitching. I'm looking on it right now. It could be lupus. All right, stop. Get off. Get off the internet. Stop it. I'm, I'm not kidding. I think I need a hysterectomy. I have the signs. Phil, you don't need a hysterectomy. Go to bed. So <laughs> I told him, look, I'll go get the shot with you. We decided to get the Johnson & Johnson shot because one shot, one and done. You know, this was before anything happened, right? And we had an opportunity to get it. Okay, fine. So we make the appointment. And as we're making the appointment uh, together, we're doing it on the internet. His phone dies. He clicks it. He gets the appointment. I get pushed to Sundays. He goes on Thursdays. I didn't tell him that I didn't get until Sunday. So we're in the car, we're driving there. He's reading about the side effects. And he's like, oh my God, this is common. I know it's common. I'm going to get the headache. He's like itchy, like scratching like a junkie. I'm going to get the headache. I already feel the fatigue. Oh, it's common. The fatigue is common. The bustle aches are common. I said, all right, Phil, just relax. We're going to get this together. He goes, no, we're not. I said, well, look, I'm going to be right with you through this whole thing because I got to go Sunday and I want to see what happens to you. And he's like... <laughs> Is that why you did this, you son of a bitch? You want to see what happens to me? So I said, all right, calm down. Come, we, we, we got a couple of minutes before you got your appointment. I'll take you to Starbucks. So, Mike, out here, my, Chris, you've been here, right? The, where the, the, you know the intersection of Santa Monica and Wilshire, that big, huge intersection? Yeah. 
four lanes yeah. of traffic. Well, there's a Starbucks in the corner. So <laughs> I pull into the Starbucks. I go, Phil, go in. Get, get a couple egg sandwiches and some coffee. He goes, come in with me. I got to make a phone call. I said, all right. So he goes in. He gets the phone call. He comes out. I leave. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. He's walk- I see him in the parking lot looking around for me. I'm across four lanes of traffic pointing down Wilshire, and I'm waving. And he's running. He's like, what are you doing? I'm going to be late. I said, come on. I'm pointing towards the appointment. I'm saving us time. He's running across four lanes of traffic with eggs and coffee, dodging cars and screaming. You're doing this on purpose. I know what you're doing. And I'm yelling back. I'm keeping your blood pressure up so the vaccine works quicker. Get in the car. Like, <laughs> Gets in the car. He's like, you're not coming in. All right. You're not coming in. I'm not dealing with you. I said, okay, fine. I'll Uber home. This is it. You're not coming in with me. I said, okay, fine, Phil. I gave him his bag lunch, his permission slip. I said, all right, have fun on your field trip. And I went home, right? So I'm home. The phone rings. Michael, he's screaming at me. The guy who got the shot right after him passed out. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. For 15 minutes, this guy got the shot and passed out, and he's on the phone (laughs) screaming at me. Because you believe this shit right after you leave. A guy passes out. Look, I've, I was praying for him. I told the lady, I hope he gets better. But I just got the shot. Am I going to get this? She goes, you should be fine, sir. This is only, it only happened twice today. Twice. It happened freaking twice. He's screaming and yelling. It's like, I can't believe this happened. He's like, he goes, millions of people around the world. Why is this happened to me? I go, Phil, it didn't happen to you. It happened to the guy after you. He goes, no, but I got the same thing. So he's, he's home and he's on clot watch too. This was day three. Clot watch. Oh, yeah. man. Clot yeah. watch. This stuff is scary. Yeah, it is. So I so I think we'll be okay. I don't know. I, I, they said 13 days. 13 days. And, and, and now this uh, with the Moderna, they're saying you can wait a little longer before you get the second shot. Yeah, I, I just, uh, Chris, I just wanted it one and done. I just, that's yes, what everybody right. wants that. I got to get on a plane. You know, I got gigs coming up and I was like, you know what? God forbid. I don't want, if it knocks your immune system down in between, I'm on a plane. I got the mask, you know, so who the hell knows? So I, it's, I can't get it out of my system now. So, right. Uh, and we, we've adjusted obviously to the stand up world. It's coming back, not a full capacity. But I would say it's back, but not a full capacity. How were you, how did you adjust to, uh, the acting world as far as auditions and do you, do you like recording uh, self-taping at home better? I, I, I always did better in the room because it's just an energy, you know, when you're live in someone, it's always, yes. it's, it's like when, when we did uh, uh, Kevin's show, it's always, you always right. find more. It's always more when you, you're connecting an energy, but this is just the cloth we have to cut from. I mean, right. the only good thing is, is you can, you can do takes and send the ones that you want. That's, um, that's but that's you know you don't know but you're not going to get notes from anybody so the choices yeah. you make the choices you make you're not going to get i've always found there's two things i found mike are you an actor mike as well uh yeah i did a couple self tapes and then i did a couple classes okay so when you go in for the audition there's, there's two things that 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 i've noticed well a couple things first time is if they give you notes after your first time through especially if the directors in the room it means he likes you he wants to right. work with you, see what you're doing all right. If you just do one take and they're fawning all over you, especially here, because I live in Santa Monica. And if I got to you know, do something at Warner Brothers, I'll do the first thing. That was fabulous. Oh, my God. You are so talented. Thank you so much. I can't believe you brought all this life to the part, which means you're not getting it. But we want to thank you because you drove all the way over the hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know what? I was just talking to Chris Monty recently. And any anytime one of us call each other, go, oh, how'd the audition go? 
great. The entire room was hysterical laughing. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. No. <laughs> no you're not getting it. They're not going to tell you, you you were great and you're the first choice because you'll raise your price. They're not going to tell you that at all. Right. Now, my, my wife, um, I got to admit, my wife's become a pretty good reader. She knows good. she knows to keep her voice down. She's just as good of a reader as the people in the room. But I know what you're saying. There is an energy that's missing and and the, yeah. and the take and the notes, you know, and and especially I don't know someone that when there's strangers in the room, it's more exciting. It's more of a performance. Um, yeah, it's more of a performance. It's uh, I, 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 I would prefer to do that, but we can't. And, but even I mean, now, Chris, even when I shot um, NCIS, I did an episode um, right recently during this pandemic. So it's not like you can go on the set and do the way we used to do. You know, we walk around the set. You make the girls in, in wardrobe laugh. You know, it's it's a community. You know, you, you, you get something Love to eat grab service. And then you say, how you know, how, how many Twizzlers can you shove in your mouth? You know, you can. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a Twizzler jar. There's always yeah, a Twizzler jar. Twizzlers or red vines, depending on the production. Red so, <laughs> but so I, I get the gig. First of all, I got to get COVID tested, right? So that you got to drive all the way over to Hollywood because CBS is paying for it. So you got to go where they send you. So you walk right. in and it's like, there's a line, you know, and, the, and there's three guys in little, like almost like little pop-up tents and they're, they're in full hazmat suit, right? So I walk in and they, they give you the Q-tip and it's not, the, you know, the long wooden Q-tips with just the fuzz on one end. Right. The guy holds out the medical Q-tip, all right? And I, I, go to, I go to grab it. He's like, he goes, wait. I go, what? He goes, don't get so close. I'm like, oh, all right, I'm sorry. So I grab the Q-tip, I swab my mouth, he's watching me, my tongue, the whole thing. I go to hand it back to him, he comes in to get it, and I go, wait! He goes, what? I go, ah, you don't like it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> so he took it, he put it in the vial, gave me a dirty look, I went home, right? So I'm driving home, and it's still a test. You know, it's still like I, I was doing everything, washing my hands, wearing a mask, being responsible, but it's still a freaking test, you know? So now yeah. I'm like, oh, God, I got to sweat this out. It's still a bodily I, I flash back, Chris, Mike, right back to when I was like 17 years old in high school, pounding on my girlfriend's bathroom door like, is it blue? Is it blue? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, shut up, I'm trying to aim. You know, she's, so I'm sweating it out. <laughs> so I go home. And I go to bed early because I got a 4 a.m. call. I mean, I got to get up at 4 a.m. for a 6 a.m. call and it's two hours away, blah, blah, blah. So I'm laying in bed and I start feeling warm. I start oh. getting, I'm like, oh, my, oh, you know what? I'm doing this to myself. Yes. Is, I, I'm driving myself crazy. These are my own thoughts doing this. And I keep getting warm and warm. I'm like, oh, man, this, I don't know if this is my mind or this is my immune system. I don't know what it is. My dog jumps on me. I'm like, can I give it to the dog? I right. Give this to my dog. Then my wife gets in bed. Are you okay, honey? I'm like, oh, I got to go sleep in the shed. I can't infect my family if I got this frigging right. thing. I'm getting hotter and hotter. She goes, are you warm enough? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good, baby. She's like, <laughs> I put a heated mattress pad on. It's on low. Let me know if you want me to turn it up. I'm like, what? <laughs> you, you can't cook a brother that's waiting for results. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh, so, my. <laughs> turns out that was it. So now in the middle of the night, they send you like three, four in the morning. The testing facility sends you an email with the results. And the studio is on that same email chain. So for, thank God, nothing detected. Great. So now the studio emails you a QR code. You put that on your phone. They they hit the QR code when you pull up to security, and they let you go in. And then you got to get tested on the studio for the next day. You get tested when you show up, and you get tested again when you leave. And then the process continues. Right. So it's not like you can walk around the set and do stuff. You, I got to sit in my trailer. They gave me a mask and they gave me a face shield, 
and I'm I'm fogging it up like Andy Reid. I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> like, like some starving guy at a buffet, just breathing over the oh, oh, over the tamales. Just, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna meet these guys. They're gonna think I'm a mouth breather because everyone's got to wear it, right? So you meet everybody. No one can hear a fucking thing because they're what? What'd you say? So we're yelling the rehearsal scene. Um, thank God in the interrogation scene, they put up the plexiglass. So they said, you can take your masks off when we rehearse. I said, okay. Right. But it, there's no community. Only one person in the makeup trailer allowed at a time. It's not like we can sit around and introduce and make people laugh and get one person at a time. I didn't, I didn't even get the makeup trailer. You know what? I, you know who did my makeup? The guy that does the cadavers. That's the trailer they put me in there. <laughs> I'm in there with the dead body. There's a dead body laying next to me. The guy's putting powder on me. I'm like, have you done this a lot? He's like, on the living? No. You're the first. Just just be still. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, so that was it was uh it was actually and it was it was a great time. I really had a a great time. People left. They couldn't have been nicer to me. Um uh, Emily Wickersham, who plays uh Bishop, uh Agent Bishop on the show, she did my podcast as well. Uh Emily oh, awesome. stories like that. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Yeah, Chris, you know how it is. You get a podcast, Mike. It's like it's like you've just started selling insurance. You go through your Rolodex and you're like, Michael, people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. And I right. right. I right. You've had some very impressive guests. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Ralph been- Macchio. Uh, who else have you had? Um, who Nathan Lane, Jay Leno. Kevin did one for me. Kevin James, Edie Falco, Michael Imperioli. It's been fun. Oh. I got coming up this week. Love uh, I'm talking to Louie. I'm talking to Louie Anderson this week. Oh, he's great. Yeah, Louie this week and Roy Wood Jr. from The Daily Show. And uh, yeah, he's a sweetheart. We did a, um, we did um, the dogs playing poker during the playoffs for uh, Fox. We did the cartoon and he was one of the voices. Roy Wood? Roy Wood, yeah. Roy Wood yeah, he's Jr. a big, uh, he does a lot of those crank phone calls, right? Um, I don't know if he does that. He's got a great podcast called The Job Fair Podcast, which I think is really good. Um, it's right. him just talking about jobs and stuff. And I, I, I like him. He, he's, he's a very funny dude. And this is the new delivery system, Chris. I mean, you helped me with my podcast, you know, Mike, yeah. sometimes like I, like I played Chris, a, a uh, an oh. ex, is, is this funny? Is this okay? He's, he's my focus group. Chris. Yes. Rossi, uh-huh. focus group. He hits play and walks away and starts making a sandwich. And I'm just sitting there laughing for like 10 minutes. <laughs> it's always good to have a comedy consultant. Yeah, you know, it's always good to somebody who's going to be honest with you, but also somebody who's got a sense of humor as well. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Interesting pilot season because my managers, uh, I don't know how you did, but last season I went out for like four or five pilots. This this season, nothing. Well, this, this, this it's a strange turn of events. You know, there's not, even if you get something, I don't know if we're shooting, are we going to shoot? So right. That, you know. Well, you know, one of the sound my, guys gets a cough while we're shutting down for three weeks, you know. And then my manager said also that last, I mean, they're still they're still trying to get pilots out from last pilot season. And yeah. also a lot of people are home where instead of audition, hey, why don't you just call that guy and make him an offer? You know, that guy who's like a name guy, you know? Yeah. Son of a bitch. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it, the one thing I did, uh, one of the things that I had to get past the anger um and and everything else is is to be self-producing michael it's like because you know roach will tell you we get shows you get them they 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 go up they go down they get canceled you get another one and you do this this you do that but but you're there's a barrier to entry you know you have to fill someone's vision of how they think this is doesn't matter how you did the part you can do it great you know nine times out of ten if you're if you're getting auditions you're in the game they're pitching to you just a question of you know 
question of how they see it. So, right. You know, no. was, the old, the old thing when I first started was because I would test every year and, you know, every, test means, you know, you, you and three other guys go up for this part. So you get all the way to network every, and sometimes you get them and sometimes you don't. Right. But what I didn't realize when I came out here, because I was testing, you know, like every year, my manager went, you're great. Why? Because they keep pitching it. You'll have your agent forever. As long as you keep testing, you just keep doing what you do. That's all you can do. And then when it hits, it hits. And if it doesn't, you just keep, keep going. So right. the podcast, the, the leveling of the playing field with being able to produce your own content has been, um, it took me a while to get my head around it because I was working. I was grateful. I was working. Right. You know, I was doing, I was doing nurse Jackie and top gear at the same time while I was doing stand up. So I didn't have time to devote with the pandemic hit. And all of a sudden, thank God I had this little studio set up and I was talking to Roach and, and I was like, you know what, now's the time for me to start this thing. So, because I had the time, I was forced to do the con provide my own content. So that's the one thing that I think forced me like, you, like what Chris, what you said, things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Right. To make me focus on and figure out what I wanted to do. Now, now, now it's like, what's great is like, like just like you're saying, now I see a lot of comedians uh, making their own way where it used yeah. to be, it used to be like, all right, this club doesn't want me. What am I going to do? This festival won't take me. What am I going to do? Comedy central doesn't want me. And I see guys just making their own specials, producing their own specials, putting them on YouTube, making their own show. It's like, a, it's, it's, it's they get millions time. of views, those YouTube specials. It's an exciting time. And, uh, like Adam, your podcast, when I worked with you with soul Joel's, where it was like 500 people showed up. A lot of people were coming and comment and commenting on your podcast. So that was a lot of your listeners at that show. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the, that was so grateful for that and pleased because, you know, we do this stuff like this pod, who knows who's going to listen to it. You know, me, Chris, Michael, and Mrs. Nicola, Michael's mom's going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Who's listening to this? <laughs> You know, Mike's mom going to be like this. Why do you sound like you're in the bathroom? Did anyone mess with the Yeti? You got to get your own Yeti, Michael. <laughs> she got me the Yeti for Christmas, too. Yeah. She's going to go, I, I thought. I I'm getting the Yeti when we hang up. Yeah. So. I don't, when are you coming back to New York? I will be back. Um, I'm in I'm in Arlington, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. And I got down to Florida for another gig. But I think I'm back in June. I think. Uh. I, I got. I think I got soldiers again. I, I don't, if you're not doing anything. Oh, that's right. I talked to him today. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're not back till June. All right. I think June. Yeah. I got. Uh, I got those two little gigs, and then I got to tape some stuff out here. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's it being able to self-produce does two things for me. One, I had to get past it because I had to figure it out. I mean, the un the uncertainty of everything just drives me insane. So I had the anxiety of going, I'm not a podcaster. I'm an actor. I'm a comedian. Now, nope. guess what? You're a podcaster. You just, you're you just really good at. It. You're a natural at it. Well, like, thank you. But this you got is, your, your idea. Like, I didn't know what my idea was. And so, I know. circumstances forced me to get something. I started one podcast before this. It was the Anxiety Sideshow, where I was talking about anxiety and dealing with anxiety. Then after, like, 11 episodes, I'm like, I got nothing left to talk about. Yeah. I'm healed. <laughs> this worked. Thank you. I'm healed. <laughs> I graduated. That's it. <laughs> now I'm delusional. But... For uh, we do have we have a growing listener base, and make sure you guys check yeah, out uh, the Adam for our podcast. I was, being, I was trying to be funny to make Michael laugh because he, I don't know if you could see on the on the uh, <laughs> if it's a video podcast, but he dozed off twice already. He just, 
No, I was looking something up. <laughs> yeah. Looking something. No, because you said self-producing, and the guy that produced the show, Drunk History, mm. he was able to self-produce and make his career that way. So I was trying to chime in with that. Just well, all build it, baby. It's all field of dream shit. Just build that's it, right, man? Right. Yeah. Look at that girl who made Fleabag. Uh, you know, maybe networks didn't want it, so she put it on YouTube, and then all of a sudden networks want it. Yeah, they want people. Don't it's the thing about leaders and everything. They don't lead; they follow. So the days lead. are the days that I'm walking into a comedy club and trying to build a sitcom around here are over. Done. No one's right. doing that anymore. The, the days of them leaving their office is over. It's yeah. true. Also, <laughs> I heard and now, again. That's why it's better to like film something and then show it. I heard, I heard they don't even want to read. Now, that's that's the, 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 what I've learned. And I'm, I'm actually working on this project right now. And I was we're in the negotiation stage and everything. And I go, I'm making this. I'm nice. making this because I'm, right. not, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to communicate a vision. I'm showing them a product. So if you guys want to do this and I like to do it with you, we're making this. So that's the one thing I learned. I'd rather have a thing than a concept. That's right. You got to make it and show it. Yeah. Adam, mm. thank you for coming on the podcast, brother. Uh, it's always good to see you, my friend. I miss you. And hopefully we'll work together soon. Michael, best of luck to you. Thank you, Adam. It's great and talking to you. The Adam for our podcast. The Adam for our podcast. 30 minutes, you never get back wherever you get your podcast. I'm glad you have a support system, Mike. I'm glad your mother bought you a Yeti. Treat it nicely, <laughs> would you please? Thank you, Will. The woman went into a purse and took out money for you, all right? This is, <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things, Nicola. Uh, we got to turn down the game. You <laughs> goombas. Adam, thank you so much, brother. Love you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. I hope. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, baby. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Chris Roach Show. Questions or comments, please email us at thechrisroachshow at gmail.com. We shall see you next week with a brand new episode. And remember, don't be a douche. <laughs>